What's happening out there, fam? We are back with another episode of Pop Muse, the pop music trivia show of your favorite stars. And as always, if this is your first time joining us, we scour the internet and we look for lesser known facts about some of these big names, megastars, legends, or what I always say, some cool cats from the international and national stage to fill you in on. And let's see at the end of this episode if you know as much as you think you know about some of these icons in music. I'm TJ Reed, and I got Mr. Liu Yen in the studio. What's happening, bro? I'm in a very good mood today because I'm going to talk about a superstar, and I think everybody loves her. Yeah, for me today, um, this guy is relatively new for me. And I heard some of his music, and his style is really interesting. It's, I don't know how I feel about it. It's like you either really like it or you might be put off by it. So it's one of these kind of guys. You either love or hate this person. Mm. And um, I want to say that, at least from the songs that I heard, his stuff is pretty good. I, I think I like it. I can't say that I'm in love with the guy, but I think that his music is it's appealing. I like his, his style and his voice. So... I'm kind of excited to, you know, to drop this artist for everybody. And I think, Luyan, I think you're going to get this person probably right away. Really? (laughs) Why are you so confident? Uh, Because, I mean, a lot of people know who he is. I've already asked quite a few people around in the office. And regardless of age group, they know his name. So I think you're going to definitely know who this guy is. And uh, yeah, hopefully to all of our listeners out there, you'll know his name. And hopefully some of his music will appeal to you as well. So we're going to go ahead and take this time to drop our disclaimer that everything that we find on the show is purely Internet based. So there could possibly be some information that's not updated or possibly there could be something that's erroneous. We encourage our listeners to reach out to us. Let us know if you hear anything or if you want to give us more information or to to correct anything. Fact check us, please. We'd love to hear from you. And hopefully we can update that information onto a later episode. So with no further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get started with my artist because I wouldn't say that I have too much information here. So I think we're just going to go ahead and uh, get cracking with this guy. I'm going to set it off with fact number one. And this is according to kprofiles.com. Kprofiles. Kprofiles.com. I've never heard of this. Is it a website or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a website. And also Wikipedia. This artist was born from a wealthy family which is a huge contrast to a lot of the stars that we talk about on this show but this guy uh, his father was apparently in the silver business silver yes that's that's, that's a big clue for i think a lot of um listeners out there a lot of fans um according to this source his mother really wanted him to get into music so i guess when she was pregnant with him she would put speakers on her stomach Mm. you know so that when you know he could hear music in the womb and he would hopefully do something with music when he um, grew up unfortunately his parents split up when he was at a young age some sources say four years old some sources say two years old so it's um, a little hard to know but uh but anyway um he stuck with music as a young man he played the piano and he i guess he did exceptionally well with that he was playing the flute and different instruments or whatever and uh, he ended up uh, moving to or getting into the Wuhan Conservatory of Music. 
So, yeah, that's that's fact number one. Okay, I'm not sure if that rung any bells for you so far. Not really. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty... not a good start. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, I, I and again, it's this artist is a little bit difficult for me. One, because most of the information, as I mentioned, uh, when I do Chinese stars, it's in Chinese. So it's yeah. a little bit hard and it's translated into English. So I have this version of the information that's um, the translation might not be so accurate. So again, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're going to move on to fact number two. And this is from the same sources. Um, before his debut, he formed a band in school, and the English translation for it is Kunseer, which I'm not really sure what that actually means. Um, but in the university, he formed this group, and he was the lead singer. And of course, they were, I guess, a big deal in the Guanggu area, where he was performing uh, a lot of local events, and he was pretty recognized during that time. But he really exploded into the limelight when he attended a survival show. And now if I say the name of this show, I think it might be a dead giveaway. So I think I'm going to hold it just for now. But I think this next clue might even just give it away anyway. And he sang a song on this survival show. And all the judges, and I I happened to watch a little bit of this performance here. And I thought it was kind of funny (laughs) because... The judges didn't like his performance. Okay. And they were just like, I think they stopped them and they were like, what's going on? Like, what why, What inspired you to, to sing, sing, a song in, like sing in this way? And I, I think he mentioned how, you know, he was just locked in his room and just wanted to, it just came to him in this, being locked up in there for months or whatever. But anyway, only one judge really liked his performance and she kind of just kept, you know, feeding him with confidence and the song didn't have any lyrics. And it what? Was, it didn't have any lyrics. It was just this strange squeaking, harmonizing in a way, but not really harmonizing. And so it was. It was just funny watching the judges' responses because there was there was one guy on there that was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> but anyway, I think because of that performance. It was uh, he got a lot of notoriety and um, and then from there he became popular and he said here, quote, that he didn't always feel like he deserved the love that he received from the show. And he was going through a lot of things during that time, mm. um, I guess, from all the popular sudden rise in popularity. He experienced a, a mental breakdown of some sort. But regardless, he became really popular from that performance. And I think for fans out there, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a controversial song with no lyrics, and he was just singing it um, on this performance. Ah, oh, I feel like I should have known this, but I, I don't know. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, hopefully this will help you out. His debut album, originally he wanted to name it. Now, again, this guy is just an enigma to me because I don't really understand the logic behind some of these things. But anyway... He wanted to name the album after the size of his shoe, which is a size 40. But anyway, I'm glad he didn't go forward with that. And he named it something called Quasimodo's Gift. Now, anyone who knows who Quasimodo is, Quasimodo is the hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a disfigured man. And I don't know why he chose this name again. It's really strange. It had no love songs. It was just pretty much the world how he saw it. And somehow it got number one on JD or Jing Dong's 2014 music sale chart. So it was really big. And then from there, he flipped the script on his next album 
and presented himself as big and domineering in contrast to his last album. And the title played off of the extraterrestrial persona he was known for, for his singing style. So, yeah, that was uh, that's probably another really big clue to fans out there. So, all right, we're going to move on. Fact number three, same sources, K-Profiles and Wikipedia. Um, He's considered one of the most successful and influential songwriters in China. Mm. And his uh, concert tickets in 2019 sold out in about nine seconds, according to this source. And that beat the previous record uh, of him selling out his uh, tickets or his concerts in one minute in 2018. So he's got a habit of selling out in a very short period of time. Uh, He was a mentor and judge in the first season of the show called The Next. And this is alongside Karen Mock and other celebs. Um, And I think this show is a little bit different. This is where I think aspiring singers challenge celebrity mentors to perform a song after like 24 hours. It's like they're challenged by these uh, aspiring singers. And I think that's kind of interesting because that's not normally what happens on these types of shows. Um, But I guess he came back and he killed it and the song did really well and he put that on his next album and this song was called My Skateboard Shoes <laughs> that might be it was that it? No that was not it <laughs> I'm just saying I definitely am not a fan of this artist so that's why up to this moment I still have no clue alright alright well aside from him having a really interesting uh, way of singing but from what I've read and from what I've heard he has like a three octave voice so he actually has some pretty good vocals Mm. and um, in the media there's a lot of things going on about him but most recently um, the biggest news and this might be the spoon feeding fact as Yun Chi would normally call it um, in 2019 he admitted that he had a child with a another very famous I believe she's a singer Zhang Bichun mm. yeah I guess it was a something that came out later and it was kind of a secret and so um, when it was released this was kind of a big news all over Chinese media and he said on the same day when she came forward that she's parenting their child he said that the two sides would jointly raise the child and participate in the child's growth under the premise of no marriage. So they're not married, but they're going to go forward with, uh, you know, taking care Mm. of the child. And this was kind of interesting. And this is according to uh, Straits Times, Eight Days, which are uh, Singaporean media sources, Baidu and Wikipedia. Zhang Bichun, she, according to these, one of these sources, she kept this pregnancy a secret and she ghosted him after their breakup. And so oh. he, he had no idea about it. But uh, when it came out, when it surfaced, um, I find in an earlier, I told you that I mentioned who this person was. And I, I feel there's some a lot of judgment coming from who he is. And is it because of the baby thing? This is the, the recent thing, right? So uh-huh. it's, there's a lot of judgment there. And I don't know, coming from the States, and maybe you can help me out with this, because coming from the States, these type of situations happen uh, a lot more, uh, where, I mean, there's even a ca- there's even a term for it called baby mama or, mm-hmm. you know, baby daddy, right? <laughs> Not terms that I'm 
proud of. But I mean, these th- certain things do come up and they happen and yeah. they're not really, these days, it's not so negative. It's just something that happens. And as long as both parents take responsibility and, you know, give that child what they need to survive in, in the world, that's, you know, largely, you know, the sentiment. But out here, it seems like it's a little bit different. And um, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you, how would you translate that? Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you. I think it's much more common in the United States. Mm. And uh, actually in China, probably the younger generation should have a relatively chill attitude about this. Mm. Whereas the older generation will probably frown upon it. But my personal take is very much the same as yours. I think it comes down to the actual parenting. If both the mother and the father will take care of the baby, and that baby will be uh, brought up in a very happy and caring environment, that's all that matters. Just because you know they have this baby together, it doesn't mean that they should get married. So mm. I personally don't have any problem with that. But if anybody wants to interpret that as promoting alternative lifestyles, I guess <laughs> it, it's your take, but that's not my take. Yeah, and he's also notable for having a friendship with a really famous singer. Her name was uh, G.E.M. Um, of course, there's a lot of speculation that they were actually involved romantically, but you know, nothing has, there's no, you know, viable sources that I could find at least that um, verifies that. So, but anyway, those are a lot of the big things that come up with this particular artist. I think that's it, Mr. Liu. I think that's all I got for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, based off of what I said, again, I think that he has a, some type of relationship with GEM, a big star who we've covered on this show. And quite recently, you know, he's a father. Um, he became really popular and rose to fame from a survival show that I'll name now called Superboy. And also, yeah, his ticket sales for concerts go really, really fast. Mm. His style, again, his singing, his stage presence. He's really famous for his stage presence. Mm. And as I mentioned, uh, you either really love it or you probably don't like it very much mm. at all. So I'm not sure if you're the latter or not, but uh, <laughs> if you had to guess a name for the trivia, who would you say it is? Okay, I think I have pretended enough. <laughs> <laughs> what gave it away for you? Okay, when you first mentioned that he has this stage presence and it's very unique, it's not the traditional cookie-cutter type of artist and people either love him or hate him, then I probably already had a good idea because well, that was he is that, very famous that for that right kind at of the style. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But because I didn't watch those shows, mm. like either the one he was famous for and also later the show that he he was the judge Mm. so i I couldn't be 100 percent sure but then you mentioned that spoon feeding uh (laughs) baby story then i became 100 percent sure yes yeah yeah i think it would be kind of hard for you not to get it after that i actually am quite sure about the answer it's okay okay all right all right 
Hua Chengyu, a.k.a. Hua Hua, is a Chinese singer, songwriter, and is known for his wide vocal range, skillful composing, and dramatic stage performance. Known for selling out his concerts in a matter of seconds, this artist became a C-pop sensation from his appearance on survival show Superboy and his, quote, Martian persona that followed from his unorthodox performance. And I got a couple of tracks that I would like to share from this artist today. So from my talks with some of my colleagues in the office, I was recommended two tracks. And the first one we're going to play is I Really Want to Love This World. And that will be followed by I Don't Care. (laughs) Check it out.
心下接通电话是你呀。
and that was I Don't Care by Hua Chun Yu. I like that. I like the uh, the sentiment of just and I was reading the uh, the lyrics in uh, English and it's just like I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I dig it, man. I mean because uh, I think when you're a celebrity, you're always going to have a bunch of people kind of in your life talking about this and that and people are going to have opinions and judge you about this and that. But you know what? Most of those people will never know what it's like to be in your world and to have the to be in the circumstances that these people are in and they don't know how they would act yeah. when they're there. So so yeah, it's just uh, you kind of have to have this thick skin this um this sentiment that yeah you, you can't care too much about what people think otherwise you're just going to be kind of you're going to be battered and bruised at the end of the day all right. the time right you know when you first said i don't care like what you think or i don't care about your feelings i was like what you're saying that to a therapist that's not going to work out <laughs> but then i realized yeah we're talking about hua chen yu who mm. is so famous and when it comes to celebrities i think that's the right attitude because if you care too much if you you follow what everybody is saying about you then you are going to go insane mm. so yeah and we see that a lot with um a lot of artists especially when they start to get famous and there's just so much exposure and of course the opinions roll in and if you you find yourself trying to live up to that it's just it's maddening it really is yeah and also when i first heard about the song title i thought this song was going to be really laid back like chill but turns out it's actually kind of like a rock anthem, and I, mm, I like that, too. Right, right. All right, man. So who do you have for us today? Well, actually, I think Hua Chenyu is a very good artist because he shares this same quality with the artist I'm going to introduce. All right. They can both be extremely dramatic on stage, especially when it comes to the stage presence. Mm. So that's something I think will be a huge clue okay. right off the bat. <laughs> All right, right. But anyway, let's see. So this artist was born on March 28, 1986 in Manhattan, New York City. Mm. Both of her parents have Italian ancestors. Okay. So that's also a huge clue. All right. As far as I understand, Ariana Grande is the one with the Italian ancestry, and she is the other. <laughs> so that already narrows things down. Okay. Hmm. And uh, let's see. This artist once said that her parents came from lower class families and worked really hard for everything. And from age 11, she attended a private all-girls Roman Catholic school. She has described her high school self as very dedicated, very studious, very disciplined, but also a bit insecure. Hmm. She considered herself a misfit and was mocked for being either too provocative or too eccentric. Oh boy, too provocative, huh? Yeah, hmm. so that goes really well with the whole stage presence as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Now, the next clue. She began playing the piano at age four when her mother insisted she become a cultured young woman. <laughs> That's their Sounds mom's familiar? way of saying, you need to get your act together. We need to cut that promiscuous stuff out, you know, yeah. provocativeness. So she took piano lessons as a response to her mother's request, and she practiced through her childhood. The lessons taught her to create music by ear, which she preferred over reading sheet music. 
Mm. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's one way of learning. I took piano lessons back in the day, but I find that just listening to songs that you really like and just kind of duplicating what um, what's played, it's it's a little, not easier, but it's um, it's one way of learning. It's yeah, a- I agree. And certain people are actually better at learning by ear. So I, mm. I guess, you know, just different people have different qualities and yeah. different inclinations. Right. As a teenager, this artist played at open mic nights. She also studied method acting at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute for 10 years. Mm. She once appeared in a small role as a high school student in an episode of The Sopranos. Okay. That was more than 20 years ago. Yeah, I remember that show. I didn't watch it like in entirety, but I did watch. I know what the show was about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is from Wikipedia, Entertainment Weekly, and MTV News. Next clue. She was signed to Def Jam in September 2006, but unfortunately she was dropped from the label just three months later. Hmm. After the setback, she began performing at neo-burlesque shows, which according to her, represented freedom. And during this time, she met performance artist Lady Starlight, who helped mold her onstage persona. And this pair began performing at downtown club venues like the Mercury Lounge, the Bitter End, and the Rockwood Music Hall. Hmm. Ring any bells? I've heard of the Bitter End, but um, not these other ones, no. Okay, so the live performance art piece was billed as the ultimate pop burlesque rock show. Burlesque? Yeah. That sounds... Okay, all right. And it was a tribute to the 1970s variety acts. That's according to The Daily Telegraph and MTV News. Hmm, all right. Next clue. Having served as an apprentice songwriter during an internship at Famous Music Publishing, she struck a music publishing deal with Sony ATV. Mm. As a result, she was hired to write songs for Britney Spears, New Kids on the Block, Fergie. New Kids on the Block. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? From completely different eras. Wow. And Fergie and the Pussycat Dolls. So that's a really eclectic mix, I would say. Mm. And in late 2007, she met with songwriter and producer Red One. That's a huge clue. Red One? Red One, yes. Okay. And she collaborated with him in the recording studio for a week on her debut album, signing with Cherry Tree Records. That's an Interscope imprint. And despite securing a record deal, she said that some radio stations found her music too racy mm-hmm. and dance-oriented mm. and underground for the mainstream market. To which she replied, Honey, I've been on the music scene for years, and I'm telling you, this is what's next. <laughs> I just love that answer. <laughs> Very confident in her yeah, style. especially her... that honey part. Oh, gotta yeah. love that. <laughs> so, All right. any idea? I have someone in mind, but I'm not sure yet. Okay, so let's move on to the next one then. She had every right to be that confident, you know, saying, I know this is what's next. Because her debut album was released in August 2008, and it was an immediate huge success. It reached number one in Austria, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Switzerland, and the UK. Wow. It was a top five album in Australia and the United States. Hmm. Its first two singles, 
reached number one in the United States, Australia, Canada, and the UK. One of those two singles was also the world's best-selling single of 2009, with 9.8 million copies sold. That year, and、mm. spent a record 83 weeks on Billboard magazine's digital songs chart. Okay, so she had a really big song in 2009, huh? Mm-hmm. Actually, those two songs are both really big, but the second one is even bigger than the first one. So I cannot name any of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, she also won two Grammys for her work on this debut album, and this was just the beginning. To this day, she has accumulated 13 Grammys, and I'm sure more are on the way. 13, huh? All、mm. of these statistics are from Billboard, Wikipedia, and CNN. Okay.、Mm. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm I'm still waiting for something else. There's okay, to, okay. To, to verify my opinion right okay, now. Okay, so I think this next clue should help. She released an EP in 2009, and it turned out to be an even bigger success than her debut album. I cannot name any of the songs on this EP because they are all too famous. What I can tell you is that it was around this time that she started to call her fans "little monsters." <laughs> Obviously, it has something to do with the EP's title.、Mm-hmm. Huge clue, huge clue.、Mm-hmm. And her fans naturally gave her a corresponding nickname. In return, they started calling her Mother Monster. Okay, that no, that's 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 screaming the answer. But I, I feel like this artist might be somebody that I know by name and by title, but I don't listen to this person's music. Oh, it's possible. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, possible. yeah, yeah. Okay, all but, right. Thanks to the huge success of this EP and the continued success of her debut album, she spent a record 150 weeks on the UK singles chart and became the most downloaded female act in a year in the United States, with 11.1 million downloads sold, earning an entry in the Guinness Book of World Records. This was also just the beginning. To this day, she has had 16 Guinness World Records. That's according to Wikipedia. It's quite a bit. Yeah, sounds like a big name. Okay, all right. I'm wondering.、Uh, hmm. So these are just these are accolades.、Um, what 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 about her on a personal level? Does she have any like、um, incidents or things that happen that outside of her music that would help me to recognize who she is? Oh, definitely. I think she is one of the biggest stars in this world who always grabs every chance to advocate for mental health,、mm. and that obviously means a lot to me. So I'm going to mention this clue right here, right now, because <laughs> we're saving for later. <laughs> All right, I'm going to mention this now. She once、uh, did an interview with Oprah, and during that interview, she mentioned that. She actually self-harmed for an extended period of time,、mm-hmm. and、uh, she said something that really stuck with me. Because、uh, in acting, there's this adage. It's called "show, don't tell."、Mm-hmm. But when it comes to mental health, she suggested that we should tell, not show. That means don't show me you're hurting yourself. Just tell me you're not feeling well. You have these emotional problems. And better yet, find a professional who can talk to you and、uh, ease your pain and sort out your problems. This way, it's much better than just burying everything inside. And one day, you're gonna show people that you have cuts all over your body. So it's better to、uh, act instead. It's better better to tell instead of show. 
Yeah, Whereas wait, wait for act- something bad to happen yeah. first. And then people can look at you and be like, well, we need to do something mm. instead of just, you know, just saying like, hey, I, I you know, I have I have some issues that I need to yeah. deal with. So tell, don't show mm, when it comes to mental health problems. And that was on the Oprah show. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also, I can vouch for the fact that she always uses her platform. That means social media. That means her uh, official website. That means her all kinds of interviews. She always uses those platforms to tell people, no matter what you go through, you are never alone. So don't ever consider killing yourself. Mm. That I also deeply appreciated. Okay. All right. I think I might know. I'm just, but I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for you know. Um, you said she was. You said acting. So it sounds like she okay. must have done some acting. She probably is, has dated somebody that I know. So I'm just waiting. <laughs> okay, you want acting? Let's talk acting. She had spent much of her early life wanting to be an actress mm-hmm. and achieved her goal when she starred in the fifth season of the TV show American Horror Story. <laughs> that's what yeah. I was. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so. That was a crazy series, too. Not only did she play the lead character, she also won a Golden Globe Award in the Best Actress in a Miniseries or Television Film category. Yikes. Yeah, it was. I think I saw that season, too, and it was so uh, gory. You know, it's just, (laughs) yeah, it it was intense. That was a really intense TV series. Yeah. But I thought you would definitely know this because, uh, as we all know, you like horror. <laughs> right. And you have this horror-oriented show. Yeah. <laughs> which is called The Dark Studio. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, after this particular TV show and this particular Golden Globe win, her acting career took off. She has appeared in quite a few high-profile films. And she has even won an Oscar. But to be fair, she didn't win in the acting category. She won for best theme song, which was, of course, written and performed by her. Mm. Now, one interesting tidbit about this Oscar winning film, it was actually a remake of a very popular film of the same title. And in that original version, the lead actress is also one of the best selling female singers of all time. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I don't follow you there, so... Mm. But anyway, I think American Horror Story already uh, gave you all the clues you need. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And next up, this artist is known for all her tireless social work. Among the many things she has done, she launched a nonprofit organization that focuses on youth empowerment. Okay. In 2012, and the foundation's original funding included $1.2 million from herself, and its initiatives have included the Born Brave bus that followed her as an initiative against bullying. Mm. And I think that's always a good message because she herself was bullied mercilessly when she was in high school. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you because a lot of times these uh, charities and these um, efforts from different um, stars normally comes from some place that they experienced when they were younger. Because James Brown, as we talked about recently, Mm -hmm. you know, he came from very very humble extreme poverty and so that was something that he wanted to do to give back to 
um, you know, poor, poor children. So for her, she was bullied. And bullying isn't even the worst part. I believe she went on to suffer something even worse. At the age of 19, she was raped. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. And that also led to some social work she did. And she later also wrote a song for rape survivors. And that ended up being one of the Oscar-nominated songs as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's I, I didn't realize that there was a song made about that. And I think that that's something that would resonate with, unfortunately, that would resonate with a lot of people. And this kind of awareness and just having somebody from that platform and that stage and that, this scale to make a song to, that speaks on something like that. I mm -hmm. think that that is certainly admirable. And Yeah, that song is very impactful. And because I cannot listen to it too much, otherwise it will become too much for me. Mm. Um, I'm not 100% if I get the title right, but I believe it's called until it happens to you until it and happens to yeah you. and it sends the strong message that um if somebody tells you that they have been raped you'd better believe them mm -hmm. in most cases you'd better believe her because if you keep saying oh you know she's just trying to get attention wait until that happens to you mm. yeah i think that's the message I so if, if i do get this wrong i apologize but you know I have the best intentions, just right. so you know. Okay, okay. Hmm. And in March 2019, she penned a letter to supporters of the foundation announcing the launch of a new pilot program for a teen mental health first aid project with the National Council for Behavioral Health. She revealed her personal struggles with mental health in her letter and how she was able to get support which saved her life. And that's why she is also a huge advocate for therapy. Mm, <laughs> and I right. appreciate that. <laughs> In September 2020, she released an anthology book, Channel Kindness, Stories of Kindness and Community, featuring 51 stories about kindness, bravery, and resilience from young people all over the world. Oh, wow. So I think that's also one of the coolest things she has done. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like something that even I would like to pick up and read a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So I think it should be very, very easy for you to guess who she is. No brainer. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, one of her mentors back in the day was Lady Something. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, oh, that sounds like that might have uh, been an influence in her stage name, possibly. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned how she was um, a bit provocative in her dancing and all of that. Mm. So I was like, okay, I know an artist that also has this, um, you know, persona. Uh -huh. And and uh, you mentioned she was, you know, Italian ancestry. And so I was just putting that together. And then, of course, obviously, with the um, American Horror Story, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's definitely Lady Gaga. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> I know you would nail this one. This is so easy. And I didn't even mention the meat dress. Uh, right? <laughs> right? Right, right, right. That was so out there, and nobody could forget that. Mm -mm. So, Lady Gaga is an award-winning singer, producer, songwriter, known for her musical versatility. She's also an award-winning actress, a philanthropist, and a tireless advocate for many great causes, especially mental health. Yeah, yeah. And you got two tracks you want to share with us today? Oh, yes. Actually, most people would think Poker Face or Just Dance, you know, um, one of her most famous tracks. But I am going to try something else. The first track I'm going to share is called Hair. It's such a rare track of hers 
And most people probably don't know this track very well, but I love it so much. It talks all about how you should always stay true to yourself,、hmm. and you should be as free as your hair. It's、okay. a great personal development anthem. Nice. That's what's up. Yeah.、Right. And the second song I'm gonna,、uh, and the second song I'm going to share is Nine One One. I picked this one because it talks about mental health. Nice. Well, it's、uh, it's right in the name, right? Yeah. Called Nine One One for multiple reasons. And if we still have time, I'd like to play one more track. It's called Judas. It's also one of her less known songs, but it's hella cool. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Lu, for sharing this angle to this artist because I think from the surface, most people just see her for her, you know, promiscuous and, like you mentioned, provocative appeal. But there's another side to her, and I think that side is a lot more positive. So, thanks for sharing that, and we're gonna go ahead and call it for this episode of Pop News. And for those of you joining us, thank you for tuning in, and be sure to join us next time for another revealing and interesting episode of Pop News. I'm TJ Reed. I'm no yet. We will see you next time, folks. Take it easy.
Judas, 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 Judas,